0: This week, we're following up on stories from last week about efforts to safeguard millions of Northeast Ohioans drinking water and using technology to combat climate change. We'll also hear about new privacy protection included in the most recent Apple iOS update and a new high-tech collaborative center at the University of Akron aimed at fostering both innovation and employment in manufacturing. All this and more coming up. Last week, we learned that the state of Ohio is currently evaluating new technology that can help reduce phosphorus runoff from farmers' fields that causes toxic and harmful algal blooms on Lake Erie, which provides drinking water for more than 3 million Northeast Ohioans. This week, U.S. Senator Sherrod Brown announced nearly $16 million in federal funding also aimed at tackling that problem. We also heard last week about new green energy and technology solutions aimed at reducing climate change and the disasters it can cause, including floods, wildfires and droughts. This week, the European Patent Office reported that global climate targets can only be reached with a major acceleration in clean energy innovation and that many of the other technologies needed to bring down CO2 emissions are currently only at the prototype or demonstration phase. Apple is following through on its pledge to crack down on Facebook and other Snoopy apps that secretly shadow people on their iPhones in order to target them with more advertising. CNET editor-at-large Ian Schur says Apple doesn't make money from advertising, so they don't have to track their users like these other companies do.
1: Apple will actually turn off this ability for those apps on your device. Now, that doesn't mean, of course, that these companies like Facebook and Google can't track you across all of their apps and all the other websites sites out there. But Apple wants to make a point. They want to show that these types of things don't have to happen without people's permission.
0: The University of Akron has officially launched their new center for precision manufacturing. Dr. R.J. Mahajan, who is associate dean for research and industrial engagement, explains why.
1: So when you look at a public research university, especially like ours, which is close to industry, we have multiple missions, right? The foremost mission is to educate students so that they can go out into the marketplace and have a good career. But we also have another mission that we often don't talk about, and that is working with industry, for industry, doing research with them, for them, and affecting the bottom line, creating new technologies that can be used to enhance manufacturing. So this center is part of that effort. In the past few years, what has happened is that a lot of legacy technologies like grinding and hard machining and super finishing haven't seen a lot of innovation. And so this center is about doing research in those areas that are still the backbone of manufacturing even though we have new technologies like additive manufacturing, which is 3D printing, but 80% or maybe even more sometimes of the processes are still these legacy technologies. And so that's what this center is focused on. And we're also then looking to the future, which is something called Industry 4.0. How do you make these companies even more competitive in the global marketplace? We listened to industry. They came to us and said that they need more innovation, research. They need more students. And so that's our effort to bring companies together, work on their problems, engage students, and also solve their problems, but also then provide them to these students who have the right training.
0: That sounds really interesting to me because, you know, Akron, Cleveland area, oftentimes when people think about manufacturing here, they think of like the old manufacturing. They think of the rust belt, they think of days gone by, but they don't think about the future and ways to do maybe some of the same things or new things in a completely different way, right?
1: Right. So if you look at manufacturing today, you know, you can broadly say that there are these old legacy technologies, and they're extremely important. Like I said, they're the backbone of manufacturing. Then you've got some modern technologies like 3D printing, that are slowly finding their way into industry. But then there is the future, right? The future is industry 4.0, which means that you've got these sensors on your processes, on your machines. How do you then use that data to make the process even more efficient? And so that's called digital connectivity. And so this center is really focused on these legacy technologies and then the futuristic technologies, trying to bring everything together into one place.
0: So now to help us visualize what this might mean, can you give us an example of a kind of manufacturing that's being done today, kind of with the old school technology, and then what something new could bring to it?
1: Sure. So... Often, whether it's, a, it's an automobile or it's a plane, you have certain components that take a lot of load. An easy example to understand would be a ball bearing, right? Those are used in planes and cars and machines, and they take a lot of pressure, a lot of load on them. So to create these kinds of ball bearings, which is typically produced by a company like Timken, you need to have special processes that create these kinds of functional elements And these processes are really grinding and surface finishing and and super finishing, making them as shiny as you can make them. And so what we need to do is, even though these are old technologies, maybe 100 years old, maybe even more than that, there's always innovation happening in that. There's new materials that come out that need to be cut, need to be finished. There's new ways of doing grinding, And so the whole idea is that we need to create new innovation in these areas to be competitive so as to make things faster, to make things cheaper and remain competitive. And that's where we want students to be part of this process. Because a lot of these companies are finding out that they don't have the talent that they need to keep their machines running.
0: And a lot of our competition, of course, now is coming from China. What I was reading the other day is that China really has innovated more than a lot of people would think. And they are really not just a competitor Because they have cheaper labor or because of some of the things that American companies have accused them of in terms of stealing technology, but actually they're on the cutting edge. So something like this could put us in a more competitive or at least advantageously competitive standing with China, correct?
1: Well, I don't think there's any debate about the fact that China and not just China, other countries have made significant advances in these new areas of artificial intelligence, machine learning robotics, automation. And so here in the States, we need to be aggressive. We need to be innovating so that we can compete with them. And I think we are. We just need to be very careful that we listen to industry, at, at least at the universities. We listen to industry, we listen to the problems, and then we try to solve those problems for them and then train students so that they can enter into the marketplace fully trained and able to do the things that industry wants them to do.
0: So how soon can students start enrolling in this new program at the University of Akron then?
1: So here's the good news, right? We've launched the center as of March 1st. We have three companies that are members of this center. It's important to understand what does this center do differently. So the model of industry working with faculty members has been there for many years. And that will always be there. What we are trying to do here is we ask industry to be a member of this center. And so they pay a membership fee. And then all of this money goes into a pot and the member companies then decide what projects they want the students and the faculty to work on. And so the results of this is then shared by all the companies. And so right now we have three members. We are working with another four or five members that we hope to recruit in the coming year or so. And so as these companies come together, they sit around the tables, they talk to each other, and say, "All right, these are the projects that we want to work on." So like I said, we already have three members, uh, and those are Timkin. Uh, Schaeffler and Swagelok, and we're working with another few companies to join the center. So it's already
0: started. Is there anything that I haven't asked that you feel like you want to add? I think,
1: yes. I think one of the messages that the you know, University of akron has been very industry friendly in the sense that we've always worked with industry because we're fortunate enough to be close to industry in Northeast Ohio. If you look at Northeast Ohio, there's over 10,000, maybe even 15,000 manufacturing companies here, not just the big names but lots of small and medium sized And so working closely with industry is what really gets us to solve some of the global problems and some of the national grand challenges. And so this center is our way of helping industry solve some of those problems and engage students so that they can enter into the marketplace ready for the challenges of tomorrow.
0: That was University of Akron Associate Dean for Research and Industrial Engagement, Dr. R.J. Mahajan. And that's it for now. Stay happy and healthy, and we'll see you again next week. That was This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Tune in next week for more tech news on 93.5-1590-WAKR and WAKR.net.